So I see, uh, a, I see a live button up in the corner. See a live button. That's right. Uh, so today, folks, we've got uh, uh, the Honorable Mike Holland, Minister of Natural Resources and Energy Development in New Brunswick. Uh, we're going to have him on here today, and we're going to chat about uh, bears, moose, uh, deer, maybe uh, fishing as well. Uh, Whatever you want to talk about, yeah. Uh, anything, uh, public engagement from the viewers, uh, anybody that wants to jump on and make a comment while it's live, we can uh, display that. Mike will be able to see it as well and hopefully give you guys uh, a quick answer to this as well. So, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, I'm going to just try to get this uploaded here to NB Hunters because I know there's going to be some people that want to uh, probably comment in here on this, so. Well, that'd be great. I mean, uh, I try to I try to reach out to those hunting and fishing and outdoor groups in New Brunswick on social media as much as I can. That's that's the like I was telling you, Jeff. That's the new news, right? That's how we get our message out, and uh, it it seems like this is the way that people find out about stuff. So anywhere you can stream it, take it, send it, hundred <clears> percent. Perfect, and that's what I'm actually doing here right now as we speak. Uh, here it's a little finicky sometimes but uh but yeah this should uh, go right there so bear with me one sec Mike. that's the thing when you do stuff live right nothing like live that's it i should have made sure you had a seven second delay so that when i screw something up <laughs> we can cover it off I think we should be good. Uh, I can't see us messing anything up too bad. No. Well, I love talking about this stuff, so you're gonna get you're gonna get it right from the hip tonight. If anybody wants to know anything. Perfect. Well, here's some beef in there. So I think we've got a few viewers. We've got one so far, and I'm just loading up here on. Uh, You'll have to control that. I got no idea what you're doing. Be hunters. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, it's being done as we speak. So So NB Hunter should have it live up there now. Okay, right on. So so right now, uh I just wanna jump on there. So yeah, so from what I gather right now, Mike, is it's uh it's live on NB Hunter, so Unless one of their admins kick us off there, uh, we should be good. So sounds uh, good. So, Mike, the the moose uh, population in New Brunswick, how's that holding up in comparison to like an OBC, Alberta, Manitoba, even here in Cape Breton? Uh, it's it's low. It's taking hits, same as Newfoundland. Uh, just curious to how things are up in uh, New Brunswick. Well, strong as of twenty eighteen. Uh, now, mind you, of course. It's spread throughout the geography of the province. Uh, there, there's there's a lot of healthier populations in the northern part of the province, um, but uh, we we've got an estimated population cow calf and bull of uh, north of seventy five thousand. Now, from what I understand, that's 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 a little less than half of what they got in Newfoundland. So it's uh, it's a strong population. Um, it's a healthy population. Uh, I do have some concerns over the moose ticks. I've been working with my biologists and talking to them about how we got to uh, we got to be ahead of the curve on that. I mean, I've seen some pretty devastating results of those moose ticks on calves. So uh, we've got a healthy population. We've got a strong population. 
But that being the case, I think we face a challenge with those ticks. I don't know about other provinces or jurisdictions, but that's the biggest challenge that we have there right now. So uh, other than that, though, um, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited about where our moose population is and the quality of them. Up in the northern zones of the province of New Brunswick, there's some beasts up there that would rival trophy moose that you'd uh, head far away to get. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty good population. Well, well, that's good to hear in comparison to the other provinces. I know they've had some hurdles along the way and, yeah. and such. Uh, so, so, so far this year, uh, even with the COVID-19, uh, things look promising for the fall, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> currently, as the situation is at hand, obviously. Well, I think that a couple of things are working in our favor. Um, the conditions in New Brunswick right now with COVID-19, are what I would consider to be favorable as far as a pandemic could be favorable. Uh, right now, we've only got 40 active cases in the province. We've got 70, 70 some cases that have healed. Um, we only have seven people in the hospital and we haven't had any deaths yet. So I think that for what people smarter than me have put measures in place that are keeping it contained. And we're seeing that, uh, that that that's looking positive. The other thing that's quite positive is the uh, the attitude of of uh, my department, uh, and also the attitude of a lot of my caucus members and other members of the legislature. I don't know if we've ever had quite a uh, dynamic mix of people with outdoors experience that have been legislators in the past. Um, we we we've made some record moves for conservation, hunting, and fishing, um, and the attitude is uh, we want to see. Uh, our hunting heritage and our outdoor lifestyle be something that's um, something that we can celebrate. So we are looking forward to the fall. Uh, the virus itself uh, determines a whole lot of stuff. Like in the event that the controls we have don't continue to work and something runs rampant, well, that's going to have some constrictions on what we can do. But as we see a runway there now towards the fall, we have no plans on changing our draw dates for doe draws or, or moose hunts or anything to that effect. We're, we're rolling ahead with the assumption that if we continue on this track, we're going to be good to go. Well, that's great news. Uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of people that are going to see this podcast and that are currently on are, are enjoying that news thus far. Yeah, well, you know what? You can't. It, it, we're in the midst of a crisis. It's not business as usual, but we still have to look towards uh, preserving certain areas of our of our well we call it our heritage and our lifestyle it was also a significant uh contributor to the economy so the virus controls what we do absolutely no questions asked but my eyes are fixed and focused towards uh taking the situation we're in seeing to those better days and making sure we're ready for them because if we just sit around and wait uh then we're going to get caught with our pants down so my department's working hard every day to ensure that when we do move through this, we're ready to pick up where we left off and carry on. Awesome news. So in regards to the moose up there, Mike, uh, I know you guys do the non-resident uh, licenses as well, and I've yep. applied to that religiously for many years. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not uh, not a lucky uh, recipient. Uh, well, try being a resident that's applied for years and still not lucky, I know. And, and I've heard that and I've been following that, um, what you had uh, done uh, with uh, changes to the lottery. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know a lot of people uh, seem to uh, agree with that move uh, just based on the fact that many of them 
uh, have uh, have applied for many years with uh, with no luck. And I noticed watching NB Hunters for a while there that uh, a lot of people uh, that hadn't been picked before ended up getting picked yeah. after. Geez, one guy I believe it was twenty plus years, and he finally got a license after you got it, after yourself and your department had uh, made some. Well, two two simple changes made all the difference in the world. And I'm committed to continuing to look at the moose hunt and see what we can do and where we can improve it. Hopefully we continue to 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 improve and make uh, make it better. But simply requiring hunter safety to apply reduced five thousand four hundred people from the lottery last year alone. Wow. That's that's huge, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, on on uh, sixty or fifty thousand applicants, I mean, the percentage is it's not it's not giving you a fifty percent gain on the chances of getting drawn. But taking people who don't have a hunter safety out of the pool certainly made it more fair and equitable. But the and the other thing, which is almost uh, more significant, if you ask me, was taking the uh, um, people who had been in the pool for over twenty years and doubling their ballots. And that resulted in anybody that had been in that pool for over 20 years, having a 94% success rate of being drawn. So, uh, we, you know, we, we, we want to bring fairness to it. I mean, I've been applying for moose hunts in the province of New Brunswick as a resident for a long time. And I know that it's one of our coveted hunts and it's, it's also a difficult one to get drawn for. So I thought, what are the barriers towards legitimate, people who want to get drawn and how do we remove them and and those are just a couple of things we did and uh we hopefully will see some some better better things ahead now the shame of it right now is that um, um we we hope to be good in the in in the fall with non-residents but the the federal government's closed our borders to the u.s um and our borders are closed to other provinces so the spring fishing season for non-residents um did did uh it is going to take a bit of a hit because we got in the spring uh black bear season for non-residents uh, a lot of our outfitters are significantly invested in that and they're going to take a hit so over the next little while we're going to be doing a lot of work to see what kind of programs are available to them uh because that's that's uh that's between a three and five million dollar impact to our economy I every year say that's a huge uh yeah, financial is. driver for uh for new brunswick it is in the spring season is 50%, if not more income for a lot of the outfitters in, in the province. So um, we're, we're looking forward to uh, getting through this, but it, once we do or in the process of doing it, um, I'm working with uh, federal, uh, I've spoken to the federal minister of natural resources, uh, folks within my department and folks within like um, not necessarily natural resources departments, but departments in governments, both federal and provincial, that are responsible for helping uh, businesses get through this. And and so we're, we're we're we haven't landed anywhere with that yet, but that's work that we're doing right now. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's something very valuable that would have to be addressed just based on that. Now, I'm going to throw a, a curveball question there in regards to the outfitters. Uh, if in the event uh, the borders don't loosen and uh, allow them to come in. Uh, is there any outlook there on carrying them licenses over for them hunters into the following year and having a double whammy or a double double harvest? Uh, I, uh, what was a lot of? Well, the, the discussions we've had so far have centered around this. When I when I uh, 
had the first meeting as it relates to our outfitting and guiding and our non-residents. <clears throat> I said, resident or non-resident, anybody that's chosen to come to New Brunswick to hunt or to fish, um, I don't want them penalized because of COVID. So as a result, like what you're saying, carryover stuff like that, um, anything and everything's on the table. At the end of the day, if somebody has put money in a draw or has been drawn successfully, uh, we want to see that they get a chance to see that come to fruition and without having it all nailed down or figured out yet. Um, and, and, and it's important to note that my entire department has closed down. Uh, when I speak about working with my department, it's all from remote locations from people working from their home offices. So uh, although government usually runs at a pretty slow pace, it's, it, it's it even slower. Work. It's even slower right now. But anything is on the table for those conversations. And uh, it's uh, as much for the outfitters as it is for the non-residents. For me, I've, I've got a special place for the outfitters and I want to see them um, I want to see them take their rightful place as an economic driver in New Brunswick. So anything we can do to ensure that their clients uh, aren't penalized or suffer, like I said, we, we're discussing any and all of uh, options that are available to them. A lot of proactive steps being followed through with, uh, which is good for the outfitters, Mike, and uh, it's good for the, the people that invested into a, a spring hunt in New Brunswick. Uh, so uh, I'm sure the, the outfitters are, are going to love any news that, uh, comes forward that would help them move forward with their businesses well and i'll tell you one thing that's about it and that's one of the things that i've tried to change a little bit is that instead of coming up with ideas and then telling people that are affected we've been bringing them to the table to help us figure out what to do and that's, that's been a major thing like i've worked to, to, to with government for a lot of years and i've tried to reach out with hunting and fishing groups and it's always been frustrating because you're the last person to hear what's going on and so I said that had to change when I came in and took the role that we're going to come up with these solutions with the experts who can best help us figure out what they are instead of keeping them in the dark and then firing out some press release and only then realizing that we missed the mark. So I, uh, I, I, I'm pretty committed to not fooling around with that and making sure that they're at the table. And I've been, I've been in conversations with uh, New Brunswick uh, Professional Outfitters and Guides Association the New Brunswick Outfitters Association, uh, guides themselves, uh, outfitters themselves. Um, I've said that if you want to know something, we're available. And uh, I think that's going to be a difference maker when we go forward. And actually, after we get out of this racket, um, having that accessibility to the minister's office, I think, I think it's, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a, an, a great idea. I think it's imperative. So, you know what, Mike, can you hit the nail on the head? Because, uh, and I'm not trying to put down any other politicians in any other jurisdictions or provinces, obviously, but but your public engagement as a minister, uh, just on social media, is is unheard of in this day and age. <laughs> it's it, it 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 you know what? It kind of mind blows the average Joe Hunter or Jane Hunter, uh, for that matter, just based on the fact that wow, we have somebody here that is an avid outdoorsman prior to being elected to getting in there, you know, firsthand many of the complaints that have been put forward by. Uh, I've been making them for years. Yeah. And, and, and you see where I'm coming from with yeah. this. And, and, and for you to like be on social media, whether it be uh, NB hunters or uh, NB anglers and directly deal 
and create that one-on-one or, hey, if you have a concern, here's the contact in my office. I will deal with you directly. Like that is totally unheard of because most times people send off an email or a letter and it takes months, if not years, to gain a response. And what you're doing is just blazing the way for future politicians that absolutely that at least that they'll at least build off of your stepping stone there with engagement absolutely. with the public. Well, trust me, my communications department has nightmares sometimes because uh, typically, I mean, here's the scoop. I mean, I've been around politicians. I work for them for a lot of years and unfortunately they don't engage or can't engage because of a couple things. They, they, they're, they're, they're learning the subject matter as they go along. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, they have to be liked and, mm-hmm. and, and I don't suffer from needing to be liked and I've been studying the subject matter for all of my life. So I don't need talking points. I don't need a script. I don't need it. I've, I I'm very actively engaged and involved in the steps that we take and I'm going to blow it at times and screw stuff up, but it's not something that's being fed to me. i I walked in to give my department a very clear direction. So it, it, the buck stops with me. Uh, if, if there's a, if there's something that's done well, well, hopefully I had a hand in doing it. If something's done poorly, well, I had a hand in doing that too. And, and I think that, that, that if anything, it's a, it's a call to politicians to, uh, to know your stuff. And, and, and if you know your stuff, you can stand on your stuff. And, and I think that that's been, that's been important, really important over the last couple of weeks, particularly with some of the stuff we've done. Um, with delaying our fishing season, our recreational fishing season in New Brunswick. Um, I don't think we could have done that if I wasn't willing to, to, to sit and directly talk to people affected by it. I'm affected by it. I've been dry casting in my friggin' street for the last three weeks. Nobody wants to get on the water <laughs> more than me. Um, and I think that we've got a plan to do it. And, and if I had just sent out a press release and then tucked back into my office um shame on me and not be there to explain exactly what was going on every step of the way and by doing that um i think that that there's a lot of people like me not happy that i can't be on the water tomorrow on opening day but understand that there's a path to actually get there in a relatively short period of time so yeah uh any politicians that are watching study your notes know them inside out and and be willing to stand on 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 what it is that you represent. This is not a joke to me, or it's not even a job to me. It's something I've wanted for a long time. And you know what? Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, to be quite honest, Mike. Just based on what you said, because it's uh, it's you've gained the respect of a whole lot in the outdoor community uh, with the work that you've put forward. I don't know if you can see it there, but I know the viewers can. I've up. Uh, I've uploaded your uh, bio there. I was going to say, who's that fool up there with the suit? <laughs> it's, uh, I figured it would have been camouflage suit if they had to let you wear it. Right? Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I guess not. Uh, but uh, like uh, many people before you've, uh, I guess, taken the role of minister, that know you previously from uh, the Dragon's Den. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Founder of the Resourceful Redneck. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I know, Mike, you've you've helped many organizations uh, with uh, with prizes for banquets and so forth. When uh, yeah. in your time with with the business and uh, and like uh, only up until tonight, I, I never knew that you were an assistant with cabinet ministers. Uh, so that's uh, that's something oh, yeah. new to me, right? It's a it's a learning point. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a big uh, it's a big deal to to 
to have the the i guess the public engagement and not yeah. i've heard you speak before at some public engagements and yeah, just yeah to, you have to uh to see what you've done there and you, you grab people's attention right off the hop and it's uh it's it's pretty good because when you speak outdoors people listen and that's what uh that's what most provinces need for uh for political figures to to represent the guy that's low on the food chain to get the voices heard and get it to the floor and get it voted on and move things forward Jeff, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, but I spoke at the uh, Nova Scotia Federation of Anglers and Hunters annual meeting. I wasn't in politics at that point. And my message was about how, <clears throat> as outdoors people, our voice gets lost when we, when we dilute ourselves and we, and, we, and we fight amongst ourselves. And I, I gave a message that was, that was oh, John, that's probably three years ago now. And I, and I stood and I talked about imagine if the outdoor community all linked up our arms and were one united voice. Now that means that if you, if you bow hunt and I gun hunt, big deal. If you fly fish and I bait fish, big deal. At the end of the day, we're for, we're, we're brothers and sisters in camo and we unite and we move forward. And at that point, governments have no choice but to pay attention and listen to us. And, and I never realized how true that message was until I took the job. And, and I said, you know what? I, uh, I immediately went to work to organize all of the groups, the groups that I was a part of. I said, now's your chance. Don't fight. Disagree. I get it. But let's get, let's, let's show a united front that's looking to make the woods and the water better. And I'll, and, and I'll charge the gates of hell with a water gun convinced I can put out the flame, but give me that solidarity and we can do something with it. And, and that's what we're seeing happening in New Brunswick there now. And you know what, Mike? Uh, that was the first time I've heard you speak was at that Federation's yeah, AGM yeah. Uh, when you spoke there on behalf of your business. Uh, it's uh, a lot of people listened. Uh, I know since then, uh, last year, I believe we had you up uh, again yeah. uh, speaking there. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's great work because, hey, people are listening. People are seeing the progress that New Brunswick is, geez, they're blazing the way when it comes to this. And, uh, you're at the helm of it, Mike, and congratulations for uh, the work well done on that. Uh, I, I know a lot of people uh, w w would say the same. Uh, I know a lot of people as well here are uh, chiming in uh, on the turkeys and that. But uh, I want to touch well, that's on that. Well, that's a subject I can talk at length about too, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, we'll, we'll touch briefly here on the the, the bears in New Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I guess the herd is pretty much... Uh, sustainable to the point there where you've got a lot of nuisance complaints uh farmers yes. etc yes yeah we've got uh well you know the total overall popula population is estimated to be hovering at about twenty thousand bears um a, a phenomenal phenomenal group uh a group of wildlife uh they're healthy uh they're in good shape um i mean i i whenever i can last year i didn't get a, a big chance to no I, I think i got a bear last year. i can't remember Two, two years ago, I got a bear in the fall. That's the last time I got one. But uh, we, uh, uh, we got a great population. Um, there are nuisance situations, but, I mean, we're doing the best we can with that by having two seasons, spring and summer, two tags per hunter. Uh, of course, our outfitting, our spring bear outfitters was a big part of that. So um, it's going to be important that if we lose that season to our non-residents, that we pick up the slack. And, and, and folks that, that – thought maybe I'd like to try bear hunting. Uh, let's get out and do it. 
uh, outfitters in New Brunswick will probably be looking to residents now because if the non-residents aren't able to come in, uh, a lot of us, you know, bear hunting. I, before I come on here, I just spent two hours uh, making bear bait. You know, the, the room I'm in right now smells like popcorn, pork fat, bacon grease and, and Kool-Aid, right? So uh, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of people that aren't interested in doing that. Um, so look to your local outfitters and maybe get, you know, get, get on the stand. Uh, a lot of people want to hunt bears, but they don't, uh, they don't know uh, how to get the bait set up. Um, how often do you bait them? My God, that's a lot of work stuff like that. Right. And, and so um, I, I'd suggest that we look to our, our outfitter networks to get some help. This is a great year to do it. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, reach out to more seasoned hunters. I know that there's a lot of folks to be willing to share their knowledge, maybe even share their stand. Right. But bear hunting is an amazing pursuit. And I'm at the point now where um, I got particular bears that I look for and I want. Uh, so I get to watch a lot of bears uh what i mean stan and that i know i'm not going to take and i'll tell you what that's better than a night of netflix sitting in the bear stand watching what comes in and goes and and in new brunswick yeah population's healthy and i'm a strong proponent of uh, as many new bear hunters as we can getting into the sport the meat's phenomenal it's fabulous um it's 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 an awesome hunt and i want to see more people get involved because we got we got a good population we can sustain it so that's, Let's go. That's, that's great news to hear on that note. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've, I've seen first before we can do that. What was that, Mikey? Cut out October 1st. What's that? October 1st, you said? Sorry, I... October 1st for what? For the opening season I... of uh, the bear harvest. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's in uh, Jeff. I just do a, a, a brain blank there, but yeah, I think it opens up. It opens up right there, right at the same time as, as all other sports open up at that yeah, point. And it goes right until about middle November. Honestly, okay. I don't hunt bear in the fall a whole lot uh, because the legislature's in, in session. So that keeps me tied up. It's hard to, it's hard to run duck out of Fredericton and run to Albert County and feed the baits right every second night um but that's about the stretch that you're looking at early october to uh to the middle middle part of november okay perfect yeah well that's not bad so uh so yeah i know there's a lot of a lot of people that uh prefer the spring bear over the the fall bear obviously and i've heard uh, many a tales on uh reasons for that whether or not they're right or wrong they teach their own right <laughs> Uh, you know what? If you're hunting, I don't care what season it is. Good for you. I would never criticize anybody for choosing one season over the other. It's uh, a, it's physical activity. It's uh, the hunting heritage. It's the whole, whole shooting cabang, right? Uh, well, it's a great break. Uh, when with the work I do, it's just nonstop, constant, constant, constant. So the one thing that you get in a bear stand is a lot of quiet. And, and for me, just to have that noise stop, it's, it's, it's paradise. That's, that's whether I see bears, whether I shoot bears, whether I go home uh, with just a half a ham sandwich in my bag. It doesn't matter to me. I, I've been out there and I enjoy it. It's, 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 it's worth it. You're right. You're right. It's, it's very peaceful. And uh, I know you've, uh, you've got two or three children. Uh, I'm sure you had them out at an early age as well. Uh, 
doing the same as what you're doing now? Yeah, my daughter, she's 19, and she's the one that when I drag something home, she's right up to the elbows with me. Uh, and I, I, I butcher, I butcher everything myself, bone it out. And she's getting pretty good with a knife too. So she can, she can, if, if not keep up with me, she pretty soon she'll be, she'll be passing me. So yeah. And, and then the and, middle guy, uh, and then the oldest son, they, uh, they've all, uh, they've all had their chance to be with me in the outdoors for sure. And you know what, that's where the memories are made, Mike, uh, whether it's hunting, yep. whether it's fishing, Hey, it's, it's where memories are made with the children. So absolutely. So, absolutely right now i know we've got a lot of comments here and uh a lot of people are asking uh plans for the turkey hunt Mike. i see i, I saw some i saw mr uh, uh was it gary or greg gettys and brad ingersoll and i saw bob kimball too uh i'd like to give i like to say hi to everybody that has a chance to put up a question or a comment but the plans for the turkey hunt for brad's uh, comment there yeah well this is a, a I've seen challenges face us twice when we've tried to put turkey hunts together. I've been working for about a decade now with, uh, particularly and closely with Terry Smith. Um, I started out uh, by joining the NWTF, the National Wild Turkey Federation. Um, and uh, we had a chapter in St. John, and then we started a chapter in Moncton. And then through a variety of different reasons, the NWTF left Canada. And Terry Smith and I, um, for any of your viewers that know Terry, he is he is probably the best ambassador to the outdoors that the Atlantic Canadian region could have ever created. He's a hero of mine, a good friend of mine. And so when the NWTF left, he called me and I, and, and I was talking to him and I said, we were both district directors for the NWTF at that time, which is kind of like being an organizer. And we had a long call one night and I said, I'm not done. Are you? And Terry said, no, I'm not done. Well, let's do this. We were going to start uh, the Atlantic Canadian Wild Turkey Federation. And before we knew it, we were in the midst of having 12 banquets and we were spreading all over the country. And we said, holy cow, this, this got big got fast. Um, so Terry and I have been at this for over, he's been at it for longer than me, but I've been at this for over a decade. And I've been advocating for a wild turkey hunt in the province of New Brunswick for a long time. Uh, they, they are coming in to, to New Brunswick from Maine. Uh, there's, there's, there's a number of counties that have uh, a fairly decent population. Estimates are in the thousands. Nobody's gone around and said one, two, three, four turkeys or whatever, but uh, the estimates are that we've got a large population. There are some areas where they feel like that population is as a result of trapping and transferring in years gone by. Maybe it was, but at the end of the day, there's a, there's a 25 year history of birds, regardless of how they got there in that particular area. And when Maine started in 84 with their managed draw hunt, they had, I think they had about 800 birds and, and, and we've far exceeded that level. And we're going to step into it with a draw hunt as well, which was ready to go this fall. Um, back in 2014, I was working for politicians and worked hard to get a hunt announced at that point. And I don't know if any of your viewers remember that, but the then premier at the time, David Allward announced a spring hunt for the, uh, spring of, of 2015. Well, a month later, he lost the election. So that kind of put the kibosh on that. And so lo and behold, uh, four years later, I get the job and I said, come hell or high water, we're going to finish that work that we started. So we were set to and ready to roll out a turkey hunt for the spring of May of 2020. But COVID hit. 
and 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 we didn't stop the hunt because of 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 COVID per se, but I hadn't prepared the draw yet. And it's not the same as just like some people said, well, why don't you use the moose draw or the deer draw? No, it, it's not the same draw. We had to create it from an IT basis. Well, the IT department and government's gone home. Uh, they're basically shut down. I mean, if I can't log into my computer, I can call them, but to contract them to big to do jobs like that, they're just not doing it. It's it's deemed non-essential, and I hadn't got it done yet. Uh, not to mention there was some logistics that had to be taken care of, and we could work through it, uh, but I wouldn't have been ready till about July, which is you missed the season for 2020. So uh, that being the case, the the turkey heat hunt had not been canceled. The issue was the logistics that we're running into. And I guess, ironically, this delay will allow us to do it without rushing as much as we were planning to do for the spring. But by jumping, if I'm in the chair and, and, and we get on top of COVID and the calendar gives us May of 2021, we will have that hunt in the province of New Brunswick. Now, what, could there be an opportunity since the spring one was uh... – canceled for this year mike uh could there be an opportunity for a possible fall harvest for the turkey in new brunswick good idea uh you know and, we, and we've talked about that a little bit but see fall hunting's uh, it, it, it's a different hunt uh maine for like i hunt in maine i hunt in ontario uh let's look at maine for example on the fall hunt uh you're allowed to shoot hens uh non-bearded birds i wouldn't be comfortable with that in new brunswick because that's the breeder and the population might not be at where we need it to be for sustainability. So I certainly wouldn't want us to go into the woods shooting hens in the fall. And have you ever tried hunting uh, tom turkeys in the fall when they're not I, in, in the rut? I have. You know, I mean, it's it's good luck, not good management. And I mean, you know, I've 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 come across jakes and been lucky enough to shoot them in the fall, but the likelihood is, uh, whew, it's hard to say uh, what, where we're going to wind up. Brent Martin just asked a question about build the population for another year. Will there be more tags next year? Depends. I'm not too concerned about a big increase in the tags. I'll tell you, Brent, what I want to see is I want to see them in the darn hunt and fish book and be recognized as a species here in the province of New Brunswick because that's what, what I'm fighting for as much as anything else because when it gets put in the book as a legitimate species, there's never been a species put in the book that's been remote. And that's what I want to see happen is that for so long, and I mean, I'll tell you this, uh, and I don't think I'm telling tales at a school, but I was ticked off at the Department of Natural Resources for years because I, I felt like that they weren't placing the importance or the value on this on this species in, in the province of New Brunswick. Um, they talked about whether it was indigenous or not. I don't care. White-tailed deer weren't indigenous in New Brunswick, uh, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, my job is to minister natural resources and I got to manage the resources that call the woods and the water of New Brunswick home, no matter how they got there. The other thing was they said, Oh, they're all just raised and released. Well, I know there's some there that are raised and released, but that doesn't matter. They'll still peck at their reflection of your car paint or poop on your deck. Or, mm -hmm. you know, there's farmers that say they have issues with them with crop damage. The Canadian wild Turkey Federation, the government of New Brunswick, the, 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 the landowners, it's incumbent upon us to collaborate and come together to make sure that we manage this species and, and we'll watch the population rent. We'll see where it goes. And, and, and we'll look at the, the tag numbers. Then we went with 400 tags. Uh, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, at the same time, uh, I think that if we do do 400 
uh, and we continue with that number and we get it on the books and we start working towards working with our stakeholder groups to make it a, a sustainable uh, uh, opportunity for, for hunters in New Brunswick. And it's working on solving the problems where right now farmers just call for nuisance tags and assassinate them. Uh, I understand where the farmer's coming from. But what if we turn that into an opportunity where a farmer had the opportunity to uh, to use, to, you know, had guides that were, you know, we could maybe make money off of this thing. What's wrong with that, eh? So, hey, there's Bam. Hey, I was sitting with Bam when he shot his first turkey. It was better than any show I've ever seen on Wild TV. That's awesome, brother. It's good to see you on here. You remember that hunt? That was that was that was absolutely. As, as good as any turkey I've ever shot was sitting right over his shoulder, just like I was a cameraman for a TV show. That was awesome. Good to see you, brother. That's, uh, that's something. I know, uh, I know I've know i been offered a hunt there with Greg Balsh up in Ontario there. Yeah, Greg's yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, just things just things haven't aligned up uh, lately, so I'm, I'm hoping it'll, uh, it'll work out. Uh, now, I know uh, with, uh, with the 400 tags you mentioned, uh, Mike, uh, the, the West Nile study that the CWTF has uh, uh, listed. Are you going to collaborate with uh, with them on sending out the packages with the licenses? Yes. And then hope that everything comes back, or are you going to try to make it mandatory so that it helps with their uh, scientific research moving forward? It was. Well? The, the, the yes was to the collaboration with the CWTF. Um, uh, and we've had actually in my boardroom in Fredericton, we've had the CWTF leadership in that boardroom and we've had the NWTF leadership on the phone calling in. So we've got a cross border collaboration with not only the CWTF, but the NWTF. I mean, they saw me and Terry head to the woods and start the CWTF for nothing. And they've reached back across the border and said, we're, we're here to help you with the resources, the science and all that. So, uh, respectfully speaking, the NWTF and CWTF have more scientific background and data than the biologists that I have right now in DNR. And we recognize that. And although my staff is phenomenal and well-equipped, uh, we also recognize when subject matter experts can give us advice that's, that, that's, that's worth listening to. So whatever they want to talk about, whatever direction they want to go in, we're very, very, very willing to, to listen and take uh, direction on that. No, no, that's, that's great news. Uh, uh, because hey, every bit of research we can gain on something with uh, a species uh, helps us educate ourselves better and, and shows the world that uh, the hunters in that are the actual conservationists, right? Not, what's, uh, Le what's Leopold, uh, Al Aldo Leopold says, without, uh, without conservation, there'd be no hunters, but without hunters, there'd be no conservation. That's true. Uh, I see Brad here has asked yep. another question for us, Mike. Uh, yep. When there is a season will uh, there be birds released? Uh, uh, Brad, that's a great question. Uh, and that's a question that's been worked through boardrooms at DNR and with the Department of Agriculture for the last 10 or 15 years. In fact, one of the barriers to us getting going with a hunt in New Brunswick was, you know, there was a lot of concerns from <clears throat> the agriculture community that if we start raising, or sorry, trapping and transferring birds, they had concerns about crop damage. Now we could go into a whole show about the science behind that, and and I I have a I have an opinion that turkeys uh, certainly will contribute to that, but they're not they're not the major issue. The coons and the skunks and the deer and the bears. Uh, there's a lot more uh, devastating uh, crop damagers than wild turkeys. But the agriculture community had had big concerns over that, 
And this is where we turned the corner in 2014. Uh, I met with the, uh, the Agriculture Alliance of New Brunswick back then. And, and we sat down and had a very heart level conversation where I said, there's really more that unites us as farmers and hunters than divides us. You've got some issues and their concerns. We are saying the same thing. If we do nothing, the population will only increase and, and, and extrapolate the problem. So we came to terms with the Agriculture Alliance that we would manage the populations that we have. Um, I'm not, I'm not scared of trapping and transferring birds. I've seen it done in other jurisdictions, the entire lower 48 states of the U.S., as well as other areas, uh, jurisdictions all across uh, the country here. But I certainly have a huge and significant respect for our agriculture community and also a population of birds that he's managing now. So uh, when we start the season, the trapping and transferring is, is something that we're not looking at at this particular moment. Managing the existing and going from there is what we're looking at. So, And Mike, to, uh, I know we talked about uh, crop damage in that, and I don't know, I'm not familiar or educated enough on uh, how it is in New Brunswick, but other jurisdictions across Canada that have uh, insurance for crop damage, whether it's yeah. done by bears, deer, etc., I guess that would fall in under that aspect, I guess, uh, just based yeah. on the, the <coughs> factors of, hey, it's it's an animal that has come in, it's, uh, it caused us damage, we've lost revenue based on that. But I'm sure there could be offsets per se, uh, just based on the amount of revenue that is brought in. Uh, if if Nebraska sure. went down yeah. that road for... Uh, for hunts, opening it up to say residents of PEI, Nova Scotia, uh, all that down the road. Now I'm looking way in the future, obviously, but uh, but uh, th th there's always one way there that you could work with another department or yep. farmers or or what have you. So it's uh, there's always an effect. Uh, every how do they say it? Every effect has a repercussion. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it's one of them situations there that safeguards. You're, you're trying to manage the herd? Or well, the, the... We, we, sorry, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've got, we've got crop insurance through, um, through, through the Department of Agriculture and some other means. Um, but, but the truth, the truth of the matter is let's get creative. And I've talked to the CWTF about working. They do a lot of great fundraising efforts for habitat. And, mm -hmm. and what if we took areas where farmers were having issues and we put a strip uh, a food plot strip around the crops that would be for for ideal ideal food plot scenarios for the for the wild turkeys because you know they want food and and if we took a strip and 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 the CWTF helped partner with some organizations and and then that got put in place and those birds got hung up in that perimeter uh, plot and they weren't heading into the field as much that would limit the crop damage. Let's get creative. Let's think outside the box. What are the, what are the ways that we can do some stuff here so that our conservation organizations can work and collaborate with our landowners. And once again, back to what I said in Trill three years ago, what if we all got together instead of fought? Imagine the voice we'd have. That's, that's a fact. Uh, I know, uh, Brent Martin has asked another question. How close to Albert County are you seeing them? So I guess them would be turkeys in this case. Yeah. Hopefully we get them at home. Well, the only uh, the only turkey I've seen in Albert County is in Sobeys so far. I've heard I've heard reports of them, but uh, 
pretty strong likelihood that in Albert County, they haven't made her from Maine. They're an escapee from somewhere. And, uh, and, and, and they're pretty low on the food chain. And if they're raised and released, uh, they wind up being pretty good coyote bait pretty quick. So they, they don't have the instincts. <clears throat> so <clears throat> in areas like Albert County, uh, I've heard stories. Haven't I haven't laid eyes on them myself. I put a lot, a lot of miles in the woods in Albert County, but uh, I haven't seen any myself. But yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? I would. It would be a dream come true for me to be able to jump in the truck and go within 20 minutes of where I live and hunt them. Considering the miles and the money I've put into hunting them over the years, friggin' right, I'd like that too. That's not what. That would be uh, it'd be nice to see them where I'm at, Mike. But uh, we've, yeah, we've, yeah, yeah, we've, we've got them in certain areas. But again, uh, Nova Scotia has ten pockets, uh, according to a, an access to information request I had did. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, again, it's it's nothing near what you guys have in New Brunswick, and uh, it's it's yet to be determined whether or not they were wild turkeys or released turkeys. Obviously, and that was based on this, like I said, a foy pop that I had done in Nova Scotia there a couple of years back. Well, Jeff, if you get a chance to speak to your minister, I would happily have discussions about what we've got, how we're dealing with it and potential for him for what he's got to see down the road, because you're, you're, you're a snapshot of where we were in the past. And when you, when you see them and they're there, you're going to have to deal with them. They're a hardy, hardy sucker. They, 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 they can survive. So uh, I, if you ever have interactions with your provincial, uh, provincial department, you tell them that uh, there's a fellow up the road that would sit and have a chat with them anytime. Believe it or not, Mike, we have mentioned that. Uh, and uh, we've, we've got the support of the first nations to Mi'kmaq here in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure you heard that directly from Terry. Yeah, I did. Well. Yeah, I did. That's good. Chief Rod is uh, willing to, like I said, help in any way. Uh, our hurdle is, like I said, trying to get a sit down with the minister and have a minister that actually listens uh, and I'm not trying to beat up on uh, our minister here in Nova Scotia, but but uh, it's it's difficult. Hopefully, some of them, uh, like I said, will learn from what goes on in New Brunswick, obviously, and uh, move well, things forward. And I see here, uh, just looking at the the CWTF website, there is seven chapters, I believe, in uh, in New Brunswick for uh, CWTF. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I got to say that I, I lost track of a lot of the development because one of the things when, when, I, became, when I became a minister of the crown, um, I, I, I swear an oath and I can have no outside interests uh, beyond what I do as a minister. So um, it broke my heart, but I had to walk away from any roles and duties that I had with the CWTF. I was very involved in chapter development in the early stages, and New Brunswick was, I mean, in the, in the country of Canada, and very rarely can we say New Brunswick leads in the country of Canada, but we, uh, we got another gate good. We had some strong chapters, some good people, um, and, and as the discussion around actually getting out to hunt birds becomes a reality and people start to see it as, a, as, as not just a pipe dream, but a, re, uh, a potential reality in the near future, uh, yeah, the chapter network's growing quite well here in the province. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it has. I've, I don't know if you can see it there. I've brought it up on the on the podcast here uh, just for people to see. Yeah, I did. Yeah, seven there, uh, which uh, which I think, geez, that leads the way second to Ontario, I believe. Uh, yeah, from that things. 
it's uh it's it's huge on that note uh but uh it's it's beneficial you guys are leading the way uh i know newfoundland recently as well is uh open to discussion there uh barry over there has approached government and that to discuss that uh as well but uh, there's a lot of uh a lot of uh, programs in that uh, coming up for turkeys, uh, and with you guys moving forward in New Brunswick with uh, with that, and it's 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 sad to see it postponed or canceled. However, we want to look at it or delayed until 2021. It's uh, it, it just uh, like uh, one viewer had said there. It just gives it more time for higher population yeah. and and maybe yeah. down the road more tags, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can rest assured <clears throat> I didn't spend the last 10 or 12 years getting to this point to throw up my hands and say, oh, well, uh, it's it's like and, and I said, there's there's, of course, <clears throat> all kinds of variables. Uh, we have to get control of this pandemic going through the country and the world. Um, and, but if I'm still sitting in the chair as the Minister of Natural Resources next spring, you can bet your bottom dollar that that's happening. And if I'm not in the chair. I'll hound whoever is to death to make sure it happens. So, and and I have no doubt you will. Uh, I'm going to put up uh, another question here from Larry. There's Larry. Uh, do you see the government officially canceling non-resident spring bear, or are we just going to have to wait and see? Well, that's a that's a great question, Larry. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. <clears throat> Actually, I've been at Larry's outfit up in Miramichi. Great guy. Um, now he's just entering retirement. So, um, I'm hoping to get up there again and get a chance to sit and see him a lot more. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, there's so much of that that's outside of our control, uh, with the federal government having the border closed right now, uh, to the U S and, and they can't come in. So, uh, we haven't officially canceled it. Um, but we all see the writing on the wall and can read the tea leaves. Um, I, the outfitters are contacting me and saying, you know, like I got sports that, that want to come up, but you know, what, what, what can we do? And, and, and the outfitters are at a rock and a hard place. What can they do? I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, book them if they can't get a flight. So that's Larry, that's what I was saying. We're dealing with an awful situation where I, I, I need to poke and pick through and dig through all, all of these outfitters and find out how much of an impact they've had because I think that, that there's going to be a significant economic impact negatively to our outfitting uh, sector. Uh, and I, I got to walk us through it and see what we can do to make sure. That's where I said I've been talking to federal ministers and uh, even our provincial government and talking about uh, post-COVID economic recovery and what we can do. Um, but it doesn't look hopeful uh based on what i'm hearing about border restrictions right now i guess the question becomes is that that border restriction gets lifted you can you can count on us to be ready in a heartbeat to do it and if the outfitters are ready and the border gets lifted let's rock and roll so um that being the case like it's so frustrating because what kind of an answer is that for you hurry up and wait nobody likes to hear that but um with the factor of the border in there until we get that figured out we have to we have to wait and see but the follow-up to that is um as we face the aftermath and the devastation of it um i'll i'll be dealing with the associations and outfitters directly to make sure we mitigate whatever the economic impact was whatever that looks like gotcha well hopefully that gives him a little bit of insight on what's the transpire down the road hope 
the, well, in regards to his question, obviously. Uh, we've got another one here in regards to uh, deer. Uh, need antler restriction on our deer. And that was from Josh. I appreciate that, Josh. Um, that's a discussion I've had. I've had that discussion with a lot of different groups, uh, with the wildlife federations, individual fishing game clubs, stakeholders. Um, one of the things that, 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 that I think that we need above and beyond anything else is we need a biodiverse and ecologically sustainable forest footprint above and beyond anything else. And if we can, if we can work to ensure that we create the right um, habitat and, and, and in a connected way throughout the entire footprint of the province, we will see some significant impact and increase. The, the antler restrictions, tremendous. But I'll tell you what, my focus is, I've had that conversation, but, and a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that uh, last fall, I announced that I was doubling the protected natural and, and conserved areas in the province of New Brunswick. That's adding 540,000 hectares of protected area. It's never been done before. It's, it was the most unheard of uh, historic conservation announcement in the history of the province of New Brunswick. To give you a little context, that's like adding the equivalent of 19 additional funding national parks in conservation in New Brunswick. When we're done, we'll have a conserved footprint in New Brunswick the size of Prince Edward Island. Now, the key to that is to ensure that we do it the right way. How do you do it the right way? I've invited and, and had for the very first time, very first time, uh, when we're working with First Nations, with conservation groups, we're working with groups that have a vested interest in that sustainable forest, uh, private woodlot owners, uh, education pieces. We're trying to talk to uh, have all the stakeholders come to the table because forestry was managed exclusively with my department and industry up until now. We've opened the door to make sure that folks with a broad range of interest are sitting at that table. And we're going to take over the course of this year, um, I mean, COVID being a factor, but uh, I had until the end of this year to identify and implement that connected habitat increase of 540,000 hectares. That is a lot of food in the fridge for not just deer, for all wildlife. And that's the key. You've got to have the food in the fridge. And so if we do that, um, now, mind you, growing a forest is like, you know, you can grow a garden in three months. Uh, it takes you 30 years to grow a forest. So the work I'm starting today, we won't see the full result of it for a number of years down the road. But trust me and rest assured, if we create habitat, cover, food, uh, shelter in the form of the cover, and, and connect it throughout the footprint of the province of New Brunswick, we cannot help but see an increase in, 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 in the um, improved populations of wildlife, all wildlife in the province of New Brunswick. That being the case, um, let's start looking at antler restrictions. Let's start looking at a variety of different things. But to be honest with you, my focus is on conservation through um, the creation of doubling the conserved area in the province of New Brunswick. And then we'll talk about anything after that. I only need about 25 more years to get done what I want done. <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's a few more terms, Mike. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Larry, you take care. Larry's a great guy. Good friend of mine. And from my hometown of Miramichi. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I know him through outfitting, not his former profession as a police officer. So I just want to be clear. 
Uh, that's good to know. So I've got, uh, I'm going to throw a question here at you, Mike. It's, uh, it's a little bit off topic, but I'm sure you may, uh, you may have, a an answer. Uh, Josh just, uh, replied to, to that, uh, great response, but what's your take on spraying? Oh, uh, Josh, l- let's talk all night about spraying. Um, I, I feel like uh, spraying is a conversation that has to take place in light of the entire footprint of the province of New Brunswick. When I took the job, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that one of the things that bothered me was the devastation of crown land uh, through plantations and through spraying. But one of the things I realized pretty quickly is that we we have a, we have forestry all throughout the province of New Brunswick, and when I found out that thirteen percent of crown land is in plantation. I said, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have got to look at this in the, in the light of the bigger picture. And I think that we've got a lot of groups that, 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 are, that are discussing spraying without looking at it in, in light of the entire picture. Now, if I'm managing the crown land footprint and, and out of the 3 million hectares of the crown land, uh, uh, we've got 3 million hectares of crown land and, and, and 2.58 million of it is not in plantation. Well, then where else are we looking at? Industrial freehold land, private land. Let's have a look at it. Me, honestly, and this is Mike, and I'm being transparent here, and I'll probably get crap for it. I don't have an issue with spraying as it relates to health, as long as it's used according to the guidelines. Uh, Myself, there's a lot of people, uh, we look at it from the perspective of habitat, not health for me. It's not about health for me. Um, the, The EPA lists spray, uh, you start to see adverse uh, effects on health at 8.2 kilograms per hectare. We spray at 0.8 to 1.7 kilograms per hectare once every 30 years. Now, the problem is, is that somebody drives by a piece of ground and sees that it's sprayed and cut, and they say, look at that, the crown land's being destroyed. Well, guess what? It's not all crown land. So you want to talk about spraying, you want to talk about forestry, we have to look at it in the holistic picture. Now, from our footprint in New Brunswick, we have more young hardwood than we did in the 80s. We have a 65, 30% split on, on, on the forest makeup, hardwood to softwood. It's the same as it's been since the 50s. Now, we just have to be careful that we make sure that we manage that properly and that we ensure that we add in the conservation, we protect the areas that matter. And at the same time, uh, I think that spraying can be used as a tool to contain industry to a small footprint and then we take the other 87 percent of crown and we use it for our purposes for conservation um i know that 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 there's a lot of misinformation out there um and and my perspective on it is what are we doing for habitat and and i'd entertain this to be a conversation we can do a whole hour-long conversation on well no a lot more than that but I know that with what we've got for a footprint right now, we've got incredible uh, bones to work with. And, and, and I encourage people to look at the New Zealand model, uh, the New Zealand Forestry Accord that combines industry and conservation, all living under the same roof. There's intensive forestry and massive conservation. It works. The, the thing is, is that for so long, I mean, like we've, we've had ministers, um, or, or I'll tell you why people are mad in New Brunswick about spraying of the government that i worked for in 2014. in 2014 the progressive conservative government of the day who i worked for so i'm criticizing my own house here um put together a forestry plan 
that exclusively catered to industry, ignored conservation, and as a result, uh, it was not received well. And, and, and as a result, um, forestry and industry that built our entire province was looked at in a very, very negative light. And there's lots of things and lots of reasons why that's true. But what I'm trying to do is unpack that. I don't mind criticizing my own government for doing something wrong, but how do we talk about doing something right going forward and get rid of all the noise and talk about what do we have and where do we go from here? So this is a, like, we could do a podcast on this forever because I'm committed to ensuring that that food in the fridge goes in there, that the amount of viable uh, economic, ecologically sustainable hectares increases and grows and we connect it throughout the province. And we continue to keep our forestry industry that's responsible for $1.7 billion and 22,000 jobs moving ahead too. I'm not going to be the, the Minister of Natural Resources that sends home thousands of people. Uh, and I think we're seeing in the, in, in the midst of crisis right now, uh, I'm definitely not going to be that guy. But we can all live together and there's a way to do it. It just requires being creative. And like I said before, taking bold steps to increase conservation areas including the people that have been ignored for years, like the Conservation Council, uh, Canadian uh, Parks and Wilderness Service. Folks that, folks that criticized the 2014 forestry plan have been standing beside me saying, you're moving in the right direction. So is that perfect? No. But I think for the first time, we're looking at forestry with an eye towards conservation, and we can come out the other side better than when we went in. So uh, Josh, Josh, that's a, that's a long tw- uh, answer for... For a, for a very short question, but I, I'm, I'm, I was planning on hitting the road and traveling all throughout New Brunswick and meeting with fishing game groups and everybody to talk about this and hear and, 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 and actually explain and look at what we're doing and talk about what I want to do. Uh, COVID kind of screwed that up, but by jumping, once I can put the truck on the road again, we're going to do it. And, and like you said, there's a fine balance between forestry, conservation, outdoor users, the general public, if you can collaborate and bring everybody in, get everybody's wishful thinking uh, and try to come on to the same page with a lot of it. Uh, we, uh, You guys in New Brunswick may see uh, a l- little bit more change in whatever direction you guys decide, Mike, moving forward. Oh, yeah, we're going to. We're, we're, we're absolutely going to. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I've got a plan. I've got a plan, and and it and you hit it, Jeff. It talks about collaboration, and and it talks about finally once and for all. Um, and boys, I'm starting to drift into my own personal feelings on stuff, but I've spent a lot of years where I'm just I'm just tired of politicians that smile and nod, and and, and don't know tell what you, they're talking about. And, tell you what and don't you want to hear and don't listen anymore after that. No, 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 no. I walked into this job with a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience, but since then. I have literally read thousands and thousands of pages because I can't learn enough about this because someday I'm going to be judged by how I handle the job. And by geez, I don't want that to be a statue that pigeons crap on. I want it to be something that, that means something. So I I've been very clear that the mistakes are going to be made along the way and it ain't going to be perfect, but I appreciate what you just said, Josh there. I am passionate about this and I'll give my dying breath to make sure that the woods and the water in New Brunswick know that we were there for the time that we were here. Well, that's, that's a very well put answer there on that for him, Mike. Uh, 
Uh, I've Getting close a to a sermon almost, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I know we said we'd keep it at one hour, and I'm probably going to keep you a few minutes longer, Mike, if that's yeah. all right. I uh, got I got another call. I got to make it 8.30, so oh, okay. there's the phone ringing now. I'll, I'll be quick Let's, on this one. Hey, guess what? Everybody, I just hung up on the Minister of Public Safety, so if he ever <laughs> complains about that, just tell him that you. I, I was busy with my buddies. Yeah, well, there, <laughs> there you go. So uh, I'll, I'll try to keep this one short and sweet. Uh, recently here in Nova Scotia, we've had uh, the species at risk recovery uh, uh, meetings in that in, within the province from uh, Yarmouth to Cape Breton. Um, we've, to be specific, we've discussed uh, one item in general, and it was mainland moose, Mike. Yeah. And, I've, I'm going to put this to you and see here. Uh, you don't have to commit to anything, but uh, I, I would be interested because I raised this uh, with them at the meeting. And I said, well, I said, why don't we reach out to Minister Holland in New Brunswick? And we have mainland moose here in Nova Scotia, yeah. which are an endangered species. And we have what's called a sex corridor linking yep. New Brunswick yep, and the Nova Scotia. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, so why, I said, if the New Brunswick population isn't hurting, I said, why don't we collaboratively reach out to New Brunswick and see if we could bring in the moose or ask New Brunswick for some of their moose to see if we can sustain what we have now. Because currently in Nova Scotia, the mainland moose, the numbers, Mike, they, they, they don't have accurate numbers on exactly how many they have. They have guesstimates. So we raised a question there. And like we've, I know I had talked to them because as you know, uh, I got my claim to fame, as most people say, or uh, over the, the call in the park when I was uh, outspoken yeah. about that. And we were talking then about transporting animals from out from the park to zones outside of the park. At that time, we, uh, myself and uh, Ian Avery, uh, with the feder who was the president uh, yeah, of the federation, I know Ian, yeah. uh, had uh, had brainstormed many different uh, ideas, and uh, we've had veterinarian colleges on board. We had uh, a college locally there where we could house people. We had fencing companies on side to uh, because we were going to need a pen to pen them. Uh, and then from there, we'd need cattle trucks to transport, yada, yada, yada. So I still have all the framework on what was originally planned back in 2015, 16, 14 uh, on that. And like I told our province here in Nova Scotia, I said, we have a lot of that framework done. And if you guys were interested in Nova Scotia, I said, why don't we ask New Brunswick, would they be interested in, in uh, supplying us with some bulls and cows? to uh to bring to nova scotia for this and uh i know i know funding became the as as a lot of things mike becomes the be all end all obviously but uh but we've looked and there is some federal money and opportunity there uh if the province were to uh roll that out on the nova scotia side my question to you would be would New Brunswick be interested in that based on the fact that it would be conservation related? And I spoke to Terry Smith with the CWTF and Terry was interested as president of that organization as well to jump on board and see if they could uh, 
help out with uh, biologists or whatever in-kind service they could uh, add to that as well. Sure. I would have no issue with that whatsoever. I mean, we got a healthy, strong population of moose. Um, as long as, uh, hey, Josh, you got to run. Good talking to you. Let you. I can't wait to get back there either. Stay in touch. Stay in tune. Reach out to me. Anything you need. Um, yeah, we got a healthy population. The key is, like I said, we got we got the issue. The issue that we have with our with our tick. Uh, that's something that we got to deal with. We got to deal with it seriously. That's my main concern with moose right now. But I think we fired eight over in Newfoundland from Barnaby River in the Miramichi a hundred or so years ago, and they look like they did all right. So, um, yeah, like if I could reach out to another jurisdiction and use a resource we have that is in plenty and, and, and help, uh, absolutely. Now, uh, you're gonna have to get Rankin to give me a call because that's his bailiwick. And, 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 and I know that McNeil is tied up with COVID right now and, and obviously, obviously flat out with that. So I wouldn't expect anything there, but if either of those guys called my office, I would take the call uh in a heartbeat and and let's have that conversation and see what it looks like uh i i don't know there's a lot of factors involved in that probably a lot of hoops to run through uh but i would i would entertain the exercise for sure because uh don't to me the borders don't matter and, and the old saying the incoming tide rises all the boats in the harbor and if i can contribute to the growth of wildlife in some other certain areas seed it in a way that would see the uh you know, a half a dozen animals turn into uh, a sustainable population. Absolutely. I did see, uh, I've seen tracks, found a skull and my girlfriend saw uh, and got a picture of a moose in uh, Wallace, Nova yeah. Scotia. Yeah. North Wallace. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, they're, 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 and I can't tell you the amount of times I drive there. My girlfriend lives down there, not far away from Fox Harbor, uh, which is exciting by the way, since they closed the Nova Scotia border. Uh, that's been, that's been a challenge. Um, I don't know whether she's happy or not about that, but, uh, <laughs> but we've traveled through the back roads of uh, Nova Scotia, a significant amount. And I can't tell you the amount of times I look up and just say, Allison, where are the moose? This is, this is, this, this habitat was built uh, for moose. Yeah. Oh, I see so much, so much viable habitat for moose. It's not funny. So uh, you know what? People smarter than me, have to figure it out. People that run the calculator and the bank account have to figure it out. But as the minister of natural resources, I'd take that, I'd take that phone call in a minute. Perfect. Well, that's good to know, because like I said, Mike, uh, I know there's funds available there, uh, uh, federally, uh, for endangered and species at risk, uh, as well, uh, as here in Nova Scotia, our, our hunters and trappers contribute to the Nova Scotia habitat conservation fund. Yeah. And I, at one point, I, I was a representative on that board. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, there's money there that could be had there to uh, to possibly help the moose, the mainland moose in Nova Scotia. There may be a couple of amendments or uh, OICs, ordering councils, that may have to take place uh, just due to the interprovincial, interjurisdictional yep. sure. aspect. But, uh, but if, if, I can get this to Rankin and say, "Hey, listen, we've got the we've got the the word out there to the Minister Holland in New Brunswick. He's interested. You guys just have to pull the trigger and say, "Hey, we're we're game to do this." Well, this Please. could be uh, big for both provinces moving forward. 
you know, you, you tell them to give me a call that or anything, if I can help out, I know that I've reached out, um, you know, I, I, I know, I know Tim, uh, I, I, you know, I know Tim Houston, I've reached out to, um, uh, Rankin. Uh, I want to see, I want to see our maritime provinces become leaders in the outdoors. And, you know, I, I preach that gospel every time I talk to somebody. So yeah, you tell them 377-2579. That's my cell number. You can get a hold of me anytime. If I don't answer it, text me or I'll call you right back. So what's this? Uh, Gary, Gary, thanks for sending the moose. To the I'm spending my son's inheritance every year. To hunt I love it. I love it. Take it with you, Gary. Don't leave it for him. He can make his own money. Good for you. Good for you. So. But, uh, but in regards to that, though, just for clarification, because I seen a text message come in on my phone while I was uh, mentioning that. Uh, for clarification's sake, that would be for conservation purposes, not so much to hunt because it's the oh yeah the build on think... it, and uh, it's it's no, just because no, no. I had one guy ask there. He said, "Well, he said that's that would be a hunting opportunity," and no, no, it would be strictly conservation minded, uh, based on what oh, yeah. we're trying to do there with hunters and uh, trappers and anglers uh, to to move things. Oh forward. oh 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 yeah. I mean, like we we as conservationists, sorry as hunters, because they're synonymous. The words mean the same thing, in my opinion. Um, we want to see more animals born than die. I mean, look at the work that the National Wild Turkey Federation has done, taking that bird from the brink of extinction to, to, to just flourishing. The Ducks Unlimited, we all mm -hmm. know the work that they've done. Uh, I mean, they've taken species at risk and made them plentiful. You know, QDMA, there's so many different groups throughout North America that yeah, we hunt animals. We uh, we certainly consider that to be a part of our heritage and lifestyle. But we are incredible believers in the sustainability of those. And so anything we do, any initiative we embark upon, uh, if populations grow to the point of sustainability and, and huntability, well, then that's a management practice that we look at at that point. But Nobody is looking to throw a, a moose out into the field, fatten it up, and then shoot it in the fall. No, that's not where we're coming from at all. And, and I think, um, yeah, you know, we're 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 on the same page there. We're we're on the same page. One last thing, uh, uh, I've got a text message there from uh, a relative in New Brunswick asking, uh, "What's what's your take on fishing? Do you figure it's going to go ahead oh, as yeah. planned, or or not?" So. Well, we never talked about that at all, and no, I'm going to push. I'm going to push things there because that's. Very, I'm going to push it a little bit into this. I should go there now, but I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to answer that question. Um, we we reflected a lot. I I initially wanted to move forward with keeping the season open at the like tomorrow on opening day. Um, there were some complications with that. Uh, the province is moving in a real strong direction uh, to get a hold of the COVID virus. And to open tomorrow, we're still in that. How are we doing? Did we get through Easter really good? What's the deal? So, you know, I was asked to delay it. Um, and a lot of people have said, well, is that just code for cancel? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I've been in touch with the premier twice this week. We've talked about it. Uh, there's a significant amount of support from MLAs from all different parties that feel like if we follow the rules of social conduct, 
um, we should be okay. Uh, we put a date on it for May the 1st, but if we continue to trend in this direction, there will be some, some conditions and limitations that will be put in place. But if we can continue to move in this direction, I see no reason why bear season, why no reason why uh, recreational fishing can't continue. The virus, if it has, like if, if everybody went around and, and hugged and licked each other on the Easter weekend, we'll know in a few days. And if all of a sudden we start going from one case a day to 40 cases a day or 50 cases a day or the hospital start filling up, I'm going to have some challenges to get it open. However, fingers crossed, if we continue trending in this direction, I feel very confident that we have a path forward to get back on the water sooner rather than later. Perfect. No, that answers so, that, Mike. Uh, yep. Again, I know we're pushing that. Uh, we're, we're a few minutes over what uh, I had mentioned to you, and I thank you for taking the <laughs> that's time. A, uh, that's okay. I haven't been uh, on time for a conference call in a month since COVID, so <laughs> we're good. We've, uh, we've, we've touched, I think, on just about every question there that uh, I thought we could uh, possibly touch on in an hour and then some. Uh, the engagement from uh, the hunting community was great. Uh you taking the time to, to jump on board and even answer their questions uh, as well as mine on the podcast was great. Yep. Uh, lots of viewers in that I see. So uh, I'm sure that it'll, I'm sure it'll grow uh, as it's uh, up on the thing and more people view it. Uh, again, Mike, I appreciate that. And I'm sure if you want to do another one, Hey, you know how to reach me. Yeah. And Jeff, I was going to tell you, you may get feedback afterwards where people think, Oh, I should have asked or I want to ask or whatever. Um, like I told you, this is the new news and, and there's a lot of things I'm doing that I'm not getting press over. And, 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 I, and I, and I've come to the realization that the podcasts and, and just transparent, open conversations that aren't scripted like this mm-hmm. is the way to get the message out. So if you get feedback that there's, there's, there's need for future conversations, you know, I'll do it in a minute. Well, you asked me yesterday, here we are. So. Hey, I'll, I'll, yeah, I asked you yesterday, and I, I'd be, I'll be honest, I didn't expect it that quick, Mike, but uh, I appreciate that. And again, uh, if any viewers or anybody that views this uh, wants to reach out, they can inbox uh, Coast to Coast uh, Outdoors, and I will try to set up another one of these for Mike, and whatever questions you got, I can either direct Love it, it yeah. or you guys can come on and Type it out as you guys see, and then it's fully transparent on what you guys typed. Uh, viewers can see it as well, and and Mike can answer it live on uh, on the podcast, the visual podcast, I should say. Uh, Sounds good I to see, me. I see here, uh, Josh. Uh, hey, Mike, okay, can you let the cat out of the bag and tell us how many <laughs> turkey tags will be coming to Zone 20? <laughs> uh, put me in context. Is 20 Charlotte County? Uh, that's oh, I guess we're not real time here, Josh, are we? Uh, no, uh, we, I don't know. We, we, we are real time, so uh, if Josh is watching, hey, Josh, Josh, if you can, if you can answer that, I'm just having a brain break there. I know that I live in 24, I hunt 23 in Hampton, uh, 22 is on the other side of that. I'm just trying to picture it in my head right now. And I can't place it, but no, I guess the short answer is I don't, I don't know what the distribution was. We hadn't got that far yet. Um, they, we were just dividing all that up. Uh, but Car- uh, Charlotte County. He said, yes. Have, is he it Charlotte yes. County? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, the, 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 the highest level of, or the highest concentration of tags is going to be in Charlotte County. Uh, I would say the Carlton County is going to be a close second. 
and then uh, the Minto Chipman area. Those are the three areas that we're going to target. I think that hits like five wildlife management zones, but when you're talking counties, uh, it's basically three areas, and uh, the largest concentration is going to be Charlotte, uh, Carlton, and then uh, Minto Chipman. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that answers your question, Josh. Uh, so Mike, I'm surprised uh, you didn't say make sure there's one kept for him. So <laughs> I, I think he knows the answer to that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, luck of the draw, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, again, Mike, uh, I appreciate that uh, for you jumping on board, uh, especially short notice. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to uh, uh, jump on board. I figured I'd have to wait at least a month or two, but uh, this is great. Uh, no, not a chance. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the next time we do this, we can have Terry Smith on and uh, we can talk turkeys as well. Uh, if not, uh, if any viewers got any comments or questions, uh, leave them. Uh, Mike, you can view the comments in that as well uh, anytime and go back sure. on, uh, on the Facebook yep. page and comment to, uh, and answer if you like as well. So, Well, so, I appreciate you having me. I, uh, I am going to run so I can get ready for the next one. And Jeff, uh, you've known me for a while. Reach out. If I can do it, consider it done. Perfect. I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, have a good you evening bet. and uh, enjoy your next call. Cheers. It won't be Cheers, nearly buddy. as fun as this one, but we'll get through it. <laughs> See you around, guys. Bye. See you now. Uh, so there you have it, uh, folks. Uh, that was uh, speaking with uh, Minister uh, Mike Holland, uh, Honorable Minister uh, Mike Holland, uh, Natural Resources and Energy Development Minister in New Brunswick. Uh, uh, so if anybody has, views this after uh, the live feed, uh, you guys can uh, send me questions or comments and uh, I can try to get Mike back on the show and we can uh, either ask them as you guys had put them out or you guys can join. Uh, if I get enough questions, I can let everybody know and we can ask Mike uh, directly live on uh, Coast to Coast uh, visual podcast. So I hope that uh, segment tonight for episode two uh, uh, give you guys in New Brunswick a little bit more insight and the viewers from across Canada on uh, how uh, New Brunswick is uh, leading the way currently. Uh, to, the, to the viewers that uh, took the time to engage and watch, uh, I'd like to say thank you and uh, enjoy your evening. Uh, thank you. <laughs>